0: This is the show with Cameron Brown. You know, and turkeys are the same way. It's just like hunting, you know, rutting bull elk. You know, turkeys are the same way. You have to know their language, right? Yeah. And you get in there uh, and you're right. You're talking back and forth to them and you're having a conversation. And man, there's there's like no better way to get an understanding of the natural world than to have a conversation with a wild animal. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you?
1: What is going on, guys? My name is Cannon Brown, and you are officially tuned in to the show. Congratulations. I'm back on track. (laughs) Congratulations to me. I'm back on schedule. Uh, I want to apologize to all my loyal and incredible listeners out there that listen week to week. I'm sorry I've been a little mismatched. Okay, this Corona virus is not affecting me physically or uh, health wise, but mentally it's affecting me. And I don't know how, but in terms of I mean, I've had to work a lot. And then when I'm not working, I just I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I have no motivation to work on anything else. This this thing is affecting me really weird. But hey, I'm back on track. I've got really good things coming for you. Uh, in the future. Very good things coming for you, for you in the future. Uh, sorry for the last two weeks. I've been trying to push things out to you, but I'm going to get some stuff out to you here pretty soon. Some bonus episodes possibly to make up for that. I've got a great guest for you guys today. His name is Mr. Colton Elmer. He was my roommate for a year at U of A. I uh, used to judge against him in Arizona FFA and livestock judging. He's an ag teacher now. Uh, in Arizona and he's doing a heck of a job with it and we talked about we talked about a lot of hunting as you could probably hear in the cold open we talk a little bit about hunting that's a a huge part of his life but we also talk about uh, teaching ag uh, in Arizona and all over and then kind of how he's teaching ag right now with this whole pandemic going on so I hope you guys enjoy this one follow me on all my social medias okay Please follow me on all my social medias, at the show pod. Um, I've got my buddy Derek Adams, Adams Family Livestock. He's got a sale on April 9th on SE Online Sales. Go check that out. He's got some fantastic livestock to show you guys, some hogs. Uh, He's up there in Idaho. Not a lot of stuff coming out of Idaho, but if you want something, get it from him. And I I know actually a couple people in Idaho. they are some good people. Okay, I'm not... (laughs) But, yeah, go check out Adam's Family Livestock, April 9th. I'm done plugging stuff. I'm done plugging my social medias. I'm going to let you guys get to it. Here we go. Let's do it, Mr. Colton Elmer. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock
0: yourself in and keep quiet.
1: What's going on, man? Oh, you know, just um, quarantining, the, the usual. Yeah, the, the new norm is what they're calling it. Uh, dude, this is lasting way too long it's a little long. I don't wanna yeah, like little long. I don't wanna talk about it too much. Um, because obviously it's been talked about incredibly yeah. like just it's been over talked about, so we don't yeah, need we to don't really
0: beat the dead horse here.
1: Exactly, but I mean at the same time, come on.
0: I know. Last time so last time I was at school, we left for spring break and uh haven't been back. So the kids have a very extended spring break that's lasting, That's going to last uh, months now.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Arizona, Doug Ducey, the governor of Arizona, just shut down all schools for the rest of the year. And, yeah. and that's happening with many other states. So it's not just Arizona, but it's, um, it's pretty wild times. Uh, no, that we're, we're all in it together. Thing. You know what? I really love this, though, because I, I don't know if I've said this on here before, but we're living through history and i i like like the idea of that sure that we can look sure. back on this and be like oh yeah we lived through that
0: uh, yeah mean, hopefully this, it may be in history books someday
1: i guarantee it'll be in a history book someday yeah and and that was us that was us yeah and and we're um i don't know what are we are we millennials um we're gen z actually oh gosh yeah can we be can we be millennials?
0: Um I guess I don't know who writes the rules. I don't know who we get in contact about that, but are
1: we ninety six?
0: Yes. So the cutoff is at ninety six, so we are right on the edge of millennial and Gen Z, apparently. That's what we're qualified as.
1: I say we just self proclaim millennial. I mean it's better to be a millennial than Gen Z, right? Yeah, and you can do that. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. No one's going to tell you any different,
0: I don't think. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm a self-proclaimed millennial now. All right, I'll join the boat with you. You know, it's funny because four years ago, it wasn't too great to be a millennial. No, no. <laughs> like, everyone uh, hated every single millennial. And now the millennials are like, we're trying to stop the virus.
0: Yeah. I w- in, in fact, I was at a, a conference in Atlanta. Um. It was about four years ago, and uh, it was about teaching or facilitating to uh, the next generation, and all they did was talk about uh, Gen Zs and millennials, how hard they are to teach, and here we are, a bunch of young people in that generation, uh, and felt like we were being bashed on the whole time, but it was a good conference anyway.
1: Yeah. It- we were getting bashed on. I mean we like every single younger generation during that like election period or during that like whole campaign period, we were just we could not get a fair um, evaluation.
0: No, no, I don't think so either. It's just it's a misunderstanding right yeah, It is. but that's us. We're here. And
1: now we're here at the front lines um, confronting the C word. Yes uh, or the rona, as I like to call it.
0: the the rona that's the my rona favorite virus. that's my favorite,
1: yeah, I can't believe they picked Corona like I know there's been an like there's been another virus or there's been a different strain that that was like in two thousand thirteen that was called coronavirus. why'd they pick corona why didn't they <laughs> why didn't they lead with covid nineteen i I feel like covid kind of brought everything into perspective for people. They were like, "Oh, I this is serious."
0: I know. And it did. And it, you you that's right. You notice like when they started using COVID-19 as when people did start taking it serious. Before then it was, you know, the the jokes on the internet and the memes about, you know, corona and the jokes just started coming and now it's just now it's getting a little old.
1: Yeah. I got, um, last night I was at work, actually, and my manager came into the meat department and handed me a, a piece of paper that is, and how he explained it to me, and he says, it's basically like your, are um, it's a permit, so if we go into full lockdown, and I'm out past a certain time, I can give a cop this permit saying that, oh, I'm, a, I'm an essential worker, and really? then they, and then they have to let me go. Yeah, I have, I have so- a, I have a sheet that says like. And he said it's only if things go into like real lockdown. But all, every company is taking this super serious. Every grocery store. I mean, this isn't just the small town Arizona Bash's grocery store that I work for. I know Sprouts is doing this. I know every single. Uh, I know Costco is doing this. There's a bunch of people that are doing it. Wow, and uh, as they should. I mean, and not just grocery stores, but, um, I think auto parts stores are, are still an essential, um, what are other essential things
0: here? Well, I was reading into that, you know, the requirements or the outline they, they put out for an essential employee and they're giving small businesses or single owner businesses, um, um, a shot, I should say, because, so my mom is a dog groomer and she owns her own dog grooming company and she uh uh in the outline it says in the health and well being of a family member or pet. And so she would qualify in there because you know, dogs need their nails clipped, dogs need their baths, dog need dogs need, you know, care. Yeah. So I don't know. It's pretty arbitrary, I think, in what they're uh Delineating as a an essential employee,
1: it is it is very interesting, and it's just it's eerie. And what did we say when we first started talking about this? We weren't we weren't going to talk about. Now we're almost seven minutes in talking about this. It's just
0: it's just that over that umbrella that's over all society right now. I guess it's just gotta you gotta have some kind of conversation about it. I don't
1: know. Yeah, and I mean, you'd think that I'd be motivated to, like, do things. Oh, I know. I find myself just, like, sitting around waiting for something to happen with this virus thing and, and not getting things done. I'm like, I have all the time in the world. Sure, I have work, but, like, besides that, nothing else. I mean, I'm quarantining,
0: so. Yeah, you know what people should be doing? What's that? Listening to good podcasts. They should they
1: should they should um shout out uh, the joe rogan podcast go check it out <laughs> <laughs> shout out meat eater podcast check it out oh man uh, is that your favorite podcast
0: you know um i have like this playlist that i go through every week when i drive to work mm-hmm. um you know i'll throw in Some Meat Eater, I'll throw in Joe Rogan, depending on who's on. Uh, Of course, it depends on the guest every time. Yeah. Um, uh, Every once in a while, I'll throw in some uh, uh, Mike Rowe. He does a good podcast on, it's called The Way I Heard It, and it's pretty interesting. And then I throw in some of the show with Cannon Brown.
1: Oh, wow. What a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that those, Cannon Brown, he's a guy, man. Oh my oh, gosh, uh, he's a ginger. That's what he is. <laughs> but uh, no, that's a good playlist of uh, podcasts. Yeah,
0: that's. Yeah. I mean,
1: you can't go wrong with those ones. I mean, Micro, that one. That's like that short one, right?
0: Yeah, the it's like one seven minutes, seven yeah. to eighteen minutes usually, and they. Yeah, it's yeah, a good one.
1: Yeah, i I got to be honest with you. Joe Rogan is, he is. Probably my favorite – I mean, obviously, he's like, like the king of podcasting right now. But yeah. he just – his interviews, I don't care what he who he talks to sometimes. Like I know it depends on the guest who you're going to listen to, but sometimes I'm like, I don't even care. I know – and he has a lot of stand-up comedians, and I don't like listening to all those because I'm like, who cares? Yeah, I'm you know, just going to joke around, but some of them I'm like – Oh, this is going to be funny no matter what they talk about.
0: Oh, yeah, cuz he's just funny in general like he is. And even when he's not on. So, he can I mean, he can sure grab people's attention. I mean, I, I to think about it, to hold a conversation or an interview with somebody for over 3 hours and to have them captivated the whole time is pretty impressive. Yeah. It is impressive.
1: And then when he, um, I mean, every time he has Steven Ranella on, gosh, those those episodes are so good. They just talk about like hunting and and all that different stuff. I love uh, Ranella's stories, like all his old just hunting stories about different things is, that he's eaten or different things that he's experienced in the wild. It makes me want to get outdoors. Yeah,
0: and and you should. Speaking of that, have
1: you been putting in for anything in Arizona? No, I haven't you got to help me out, dude. You know I'm not big on that stuff.
0: Dude, uh, do you want me to remind you when the apps are doing everything? Yes, yes, please. I can do that. I can do that. I want to take you hunting.
1: I'm in. Are you my – will you you, you. you, uh, be my outfitter?
0: Well, I'm not technically an outfitter, but friend to friend, yeah,
1: we'll take you Okay, so we can't technically say this on a recorded thing that you're an outfitter, Uh, but but you'll help me out. I will. I will help you. Wink, 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 wink. Okay, perfect. You know, <laughs> you know all the good spots.
0: I don't know about that. I mean, well, I've been I mean, out. I've been what we're we going to talk about?
1: What were we going to talk about? Right when we started, we were going to talk about what you've been doing, like the past three weeks, three weekends, just hunting sheds in the in the middle of the
0: woods. Yeah, man, it's it's one of my favorite times. Like, because yeah. this this time of year, there's no. I mean there's no hunts going on. Like you could go out and call coyotes um which which I'll do every once in a while. I don't have much luck doing that, but um but yeah, there's no seasons going on right now. So I guess an excuse and I don't think you need an excuse to get in the woods to do what you want, but and you go out there and you walk for miles and miles and you know, you look for shed antlers and I've uh, been doing that for the past 3 weeks ever since spring break started so um now I guess I have a little bit of extra time to do that so that's what my brother and I have been taking advantage of in this in this time off well not time off cuz we still got to be on for our students but you know we got a little bit of extra time
1: what's your uh what's your favorite time to be in the woods like what like favorite uh what am I trying to think of uh favorite time of year kind of fall. favorite
0: favorite season fall absolutely rut. fall has to be the rut right has to be the elk rut man that's uh that's my favorite time of year
1: dude will you um what's that story you have from like when you and Jensen and Deacon were in the middle of the woods uh oh, like in the middle man. of the night and those and you were calling those um those bulls in
0: oh so that was <clears throat> That was with my dad, uh, my brother, and our buddy Jensen and I. So we were uh, helping another buddy out on an elk tag, and we were uh, we weren't with the the guy who had the tag at the time, but uh, we pulled up uh, and we were going to throw our bed rolls out and camp for the night in this rant, like random spot, you know. And uh, when we started getting everything unpacked uh, right down in the Canyon from where we were going to throw up camp bulls were just going crazy, just screaming their heads off, rutting like crazy. So, um, my dad, it was moonlight. It was full moon. You could see everything. Uh, so my dad was like, let's go. So we walked, (laughs) we walked from camp, uh, right down into this little draw and, uh, we started calling and my dad, uh, My dad's really good at calling elk. It's something that um, I hope someday that I can be good at like he is. Well, he's been Um, doing it for years. He's got a lot of experience. Oh, man, he is. It's incredible. So uh, he started calling, and what's cool is, you know, we get to have a little dialogue with him and, you know, kind of learn while he's calling. And So he starts – he lets out a bugle, and immediately this bull – sounds back, like cuts him off before he could even finish bugling. So he turns and looks at us and he's like, we got him, you know? So we're like, oh man. So he starts bugling and he gets this bull all fricking riled up. So he, uh, we crouched behind the cedar tree and he kind of went silent for a little bit. We're like, dang it. You know, he's not coming in. And the next time we heard him, he was right around a cedar tree from us, probably 20 yards. And he screamed his head off and he stepped out into the opening and he was just mad he was a mad elk he was looking to come kick somebody's butt yeah he's
1: looking for a fight dude
0: yeah and he just stood there and screamed at us for about a minute and then just kind of walked off but in the moonlight and everything it was it was a cool experience
1: is that is that you think the coolest thing you've ever seen in the wild
0: Man, uh, any any time you get on a on a screaming mad bull elk is is awesome. There's been some other times where my dad and I have got on some elk and uh, we're laying flat out on the ground so they can't see us. And you know, you turn your head and you can see the you know the elk's feet and you know their hooves right in front of you. And then almost so close where you can smell and smell their breath and feel it on your on your body, it's it's insane. It can get real intense, dude. That's what gets you hooked on it. Oh man, you, know, you take one person out that uh, that has any uh, intention or any uh, you know want to be in the outdoors, and you get them in an experience like that, it'll hook them. Yeah. Well,
1: especially if you're. Anytime you can talk to a a wild animal, I remember I. I do, or my family loves to hunt turkeys in Washington. And a couple of years back, went up there and uh, went on a hunt. And it was just, it was so incredible to kind of just chirp back and forth with a turkey and call one in so that you can harvest it and and uh, get your tag. But it was just, it's the best experience that you can ever, like,
0: have. Oh, yeah. You know, and turkeys are the same way. It's just like hunting you know, rut and bull elk, you know, turkeys are the same way. You have to know their language, right? And you get in there, uh, and you're right. You're talking back and forth to them and you're having a conversation and man, there's, there's like no better way to get an understanding of the natural world than to have a conversation with a wild animal.
1: That's a great way to put it, dude. That is a great way to put it. Okay. So, um, some of you listening right now might be wondering, hey, why are you guys talking about hunting so much? Isn't this an ag podcast? <laughs> well, be quiet, okay? This is... <laughs> no, um, <sighs> Colton has some experience in agriculture, don't you?
0: I do. I have, just, I have a little bit.
1: Just a little bit. Now, uh, Colton's from Cottonwood, Arizona, which is why we've been talking about hunting all this time. He doesn't live in the city in Arizona. If you think of Phoenix, he doesn't live there. He lives further north, closer to,
0: uh, what do you say, like uh, Prescott? Yeah, so right over uh, Mingus Mountain from Prescott, about 45 minutes south of uh, Flagstaff. And we are uh, part of, well, Cottonwood is considered in the Verde Valley. So you have Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, and Clarkdale, all in that area. That's all the Verde Valley. Nice.
1: Um how did sedona and uh, cottonwood end up in the same place cuz everybody that's not from arizona isn't going to get this but sedona's a very nice place and cottonwood is kind of <laughs> different than that
0: it is oh well cornville for that matter we True. left that one out yeah uh, but you know uh sedona what's funny is my family my family's roots run really deep in this area and uh, uh they homesteaded in sedona so, uh, they've, we've been here for a very long time and, you know, we're still here. Uh, but Cottonwood and Sedona are one and the same. The difference is, you know, Sedona has the pretty red rocks yeah, and, and Cottonwood doesn't. We does just have, not, not has happen. the, has the Verde river that runs mud brown <laughs> pretty much all year round.
1: Yeah. Do you ever go swimming in that
0: thing? Oh, man, I grew up in that thing. Oh. Yeah.
1: I oh. You're a <laughs> I need grew up in that thing. thing.
0: I think I am. I, I told my cousins, you know, we because uh, we, we grew up, we live a stone's throw away from the river, and uh, we grew up swimming in that thing. I told them the other day that there's no way that this corona thing is going to get to us. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of us uh, ag people and just...
1: Um, I don't know. People that work for a living feel we're just like nah. Yeah, I've been I've been eating shit and I've been eating hair and I've been eating. Oh, drinking man. dirty water and I've been rolling around in it since I yeah. since I was three years old. So I'll be all right. <laughs> this
0: this tapeworm that's been in my
1: body my whole life hasn't got to me. Yet, you know. <laughs> <sighs> oh my gosh! Wouldn't that be funny if we? worm our animals like th- every three months but we have a tapeworm and we don't even know it we could i definitely could i yeah. don't i eat a lot i feel like and i don't gain any weight and that's not a brag i'm not, no i'm, I'm not and even you bragging. Don't. you don't you've lived with you lived with me yeah yeah we live together i mean for I, a eat, year. I
0: eat a lot of bad stuff yeah you yeah you have uh you don't have a diet. You haven't started one of these fad diets, have you? No. Come no. on. I eat a lot of meat. But... Hey, that's a that's a fad diet. You see the old Joe Rogan's doing the the only meat diet.
1: Yeah, I think he did that only for January, though.
0: Was it just for January? It was
1: just for January, yeah. But he uh-huh. said he liked it after like he stopped just
0: absolutely shitting himself. Yeah, yeah. That's a. Uh... That I could see that you know I a lot of red a lot of red meat at one time is, you know, I, it may not be the best for you. It overloads the sure system. I mean, it, you can yeah. only process so much, and that's for anything. You know, too yeah. much of anything is bad. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, so Colton, you're from Cottonwood. From um, Cottonwood. Now, did was your family involved in like uh, the show industry
0: before? In the show industry, so. My my mom grew up raising all sorts of animals uh, through 4-H and FFA. Um, So she raised, her favorite was sheep. So she uh, grew up raising raising sheep, uh, raising production rabbits, and sold them to the kids in the Verde Valley for the Verde Valley Fair. So she did that for a long time. Um, But besides that, no we had we had no other connection into the show industry until I started showing at a pretty young age.
1: So how did you get into it?
0: Um my mom just noticed that I I loved animals. Yeah. Uh, I just had a you know a connection with animals and you know when I was 4 years old she she bought me a rabbit, and I think part, maybe part of it was, you know, she's maybe reliving her glory days from showing, so she wanted me to get involved, which is fine. I mean, that's and, every
1: single parent.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it and is. I'm calling
1: every single parent out that's listening to this.
0: Every just, every show parent, every sports parent, it's all one. That's the how same. it
1: goes. I mean, we're not like, I, I'm gonna do the same thing. Everyone's, yeah. everyone does the same thing. Oh yeah it's funny how we work though, okay, go ahead, sorry, uh,
0: but yeah, uh, I started showing rabbits when I was really young, uh and that wasn't enough, so when I turned uh the age to where I can start um doing the auction at the Verde Valley Fair, um I started showing pigs and my and my run with pigs unfortunately was pretty short lived I had three, and then I moved right on into cattle, yeah.
1: Well, that's okay. I forgive you.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. We've had this talk. You yeah. know, it, it, me and pigs just never... You know, the same when I started judging livestock, about 9 out of 10 classes of pigs at bust. So, you know, that's uh, that's my relationship with pigs.
1: And that's that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, I don't have the best relationship with cattle. So... <laughs> Uh, And I grew up on a dairy farm. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't like them. No, Uh, so you you showed three hogs and you went to cattle. And you you predominantly showed cattle until you uh, ended your show career. Did you show any
0: sheep? I never showed sheep. So I I remember one year I was going to show a sheep and I was going to buy one from uh, the Grossetas here in town. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't ever remember what happened with that. But the next thing I knew, I was – I was buying my first, uh, my first steer calf, and when I was ten, and that is, that is what I continued with. It, 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 spied, it it, you know. That's that's just what I loved, and that's where it took off from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's an easy thing to get hooked on. It is. It's so it's so quick, especially if you have some, um, if you have some luck, you win you win a couple of buckles, win a couple banners. It's, um, it's a good time.
0: Oh, yeah. And supportive parents. And you know, supportive parents, the, yeah. That's the main one.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's important too, I guess.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. it, <laughs> it, was, it, it was important to me, yeah. for sure.
1: No, it was important to me too. Yeah, the relationships that you get to you gather with your mentors and parents and relationships like that. Yeah, it's, it's a good – you know what? I'm just going to be the first one to say that showing livestock – great experience oh yeah i think i'm the first one to say that
0: are you the first one Hmm. okay I'll uh yeah we can trademark that statement put it on some t-shirts perfect
1: <laughs> i think i can yeah i think we can do that for sure i don't yeah. think it's I, th- I don't think it's been said
0: no i don't think so
1: now when you get to ffa uh i'm assuming you were showing through 4-h and then you got to ffa and well per- wait oh what well
0: what that's actually where my experience was a little different. Okay. I, uh, I, I showed in 4-H for only one year. Um, how this worked was our, uh, our local pro- program, uh, FFA organization, so Mingus Union, we, uh, we had a PALS program. We've had it for a, a very long time. Now, PALS stands for Partners in Active Learning. And the ag teacher, when I was uh, very young, we were family friends, and she took the PALS program and blew it up. So it was like a 4 H club, but you showed under Mingus Union FFA. So we were, yeah, instead of wearing the full corduroy jacket, we wore corduroy vests. Really, um, it was kind of her brainchild, you know. It was, uh, and we lived in a small town, so I think we we got away with it. But it was an awesome experience. So
1: it was like a it was like a junior FFA program for middle schoolers, kind of.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like an entry level program.
1: That's kind of cool. I know a lot of states like do that, actually.
0: Yeah, and we were we were doing it for a long time.
1: That's interesting. Did yeah. you like that?
0: I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I I loved it because uh, you know yeah. I. Most of my friends from then on, because my brother uh, was seven years older than me, and when I started uh, getting into it as a as a pals member, my brother was in high school. Um, so, you know, instead of interacting with a majority of kids my age, I was interacting with high school students, yeah. and uh, and it was good. I, I it was it felt like it was good for me.
1: Well, it gives you the opportunity to know somebody for like six to seven years by the time you graduate. Yeah. Like it, and it, be mentored by somebody for that long.
0: And from an ag teacher standpoint, she had it made, you know. That was like her her little league joining into the juniors, you know, or Oh, it was uh, a great where the yeah. It was great recruitment. She uh she knew what she was doing on that end and that even after she left they still kept the PAL's program alive.
1: That's awesome. Who was that ag teacher?
0: Heather Mulcair. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Heather Mulcair. What's she doing uh, now? Do you still keep up? She works for Yavapai College. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Well, that's good. It, wait, is that where you were like working? Is that how you got that job?
0: Yeah, that's how I was uh, I was doing. There was a student council program and I um, went in and did some uh, facilitation, some leadership uh, workshops with them for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a great experience too, all in itself.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She, she led me into a lot of good opportunities throughout my life.
1: Would you have like an ag teacher like that, that like just sets you up from the time you're in like fifth to sixth grade? I don't know what time you started, but that just, that helps you out so much in the future, especially if it's like, if it's, she's a great mentor, or he's a great mentor.
0: Oh yeah, uh, she she got me involved when I was in first grade. That's oh, when wow. I became a pal. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was she she started recruiting them pretty young, and uh, by the time I got into seventh grade, uh, she was having me compete in career development events through uh, the FFA with the other high, with the high school kids.
1: No way. Yeah. I'm jealous. So what like what C D events were you competing in?
0: So she knew you know, and that's 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 the key to a, a good act teacher is you know, they see the potential in somebody before they recognize it themselves. Um and I I was a pretty shy kid and she got me involved in public speaking. Yeah. So um and it wasn't she had this way where she didn't really ask me if I wanted to do it. I just kind of knew that I was signed up for it. And she told me to write my speech and I would give it this day uh, at the district competition. So that's how I got involved with uh, my first CDE. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's, cr- I can't even imagine go to CD, going to CD events as like a seventh grader.
0: It was terrifying.
1: That had to be terrifying going up against like juniors and seniors.
0: Oh man, it was, well, and it was the novice public speaking event, but there was never any, when I started, seventh and eighth graders in Arizona didn't do it. So it was all, uh, freshmen and sophomores in high school. It was, it was intimidating to say the least.
1: So when you were an actual freshman in high school and you competed in these events, you had kind of a leg up on other freshmen and sophomores.
0: Well, she, since I had already had two years experience, she made me, uh move up a division oh yeah
1: that's bs
0: (laughs) yeah but uh i mean it was good i mean i needed she thought that i needed some some more competition and of course you know when that happens it pushes you even even harder
1: yeah i mean i'm do you think you learned a lot from getting moved up in a in a division then you had to just you had to compete in the same division for four years then
0: i would oh yeah definitely Because, yeah. uh, she, uh, she, I mean, she coached me through it and she was a great public speaking coach. So, uh, I, I, I learned how to speak pretty quick and, uh, you know, she, she knew that I could be competitive in a higher division and, uh, just her having that confidence and faith in me, you know, pushed me even harder. And I learned, I learned so much. I, I, I credit a lot of, you know, uh, my involvement in FFA wanting to continue, uh, to, uh, Miss Mulcair, and then later on to Bethany masters.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really important what, uh, or it's just incredible act teachers can do.
0: Yeah. I mean, you had some good ones.
1: I had some great Ag teachers. I yeah. really did. Legends. The legends and the game for sure. <laughs> yeah legends in the game for sure from especially from arizona i mean those two oh, yes yeah. um and then i hadn't miss alderman which nobody knows but she was a great teacher as well oh yeah um but ken johnson and dennis bachong shout out you guys are great yeah um let's talk about your involvement within ffa oh so, man so uh first of all livestock judging that was your favorite cde please tell me it was
0: sure <laughs> sure i did i like i like livestock judging i did uh you know it was a good continuum of you know public speaking because you have to do a little bit of that in livestock judging
1: just a little bit yeah what was your favorite cde
0: <laughs> my favorite cde was wildlife CDE. Okay. oh yeah i remember that oh yeah yeah but you know Livestock. when I was in high school, you know, I was uh, so passionate about showing and everything that I uh, I loved the livestock competition. Yeah. I love judging. Yeah.
1: Why didn't you uh, ever think about like pursuing it after high school? Is it because of state office?
0: Um. Yeah, I would say that uh, after. I was a state officer and pursuing that, I, uh, when I got done, it was, it was just kind of like, take a breath, uh, focus on school. You know, we joined AGR, so, um, I just never, I never went back to it.
1: Yeah. I always like to think of the story, uh, or I like to think of the idea of you hating me. In high school Um, because make no mistake everybody Colton Elmer hated my guts in high school because Uh, I was
0: because you were good at livestock
1: well we were fierce competitors (laughs) and I like to get cocky and I I was cocky in high school and I had no reason to be cocky in high school but I had a chip on my shoulder and what what did I even do that really just pissed you
0: off so bad? Well, the problem was is you you admitted that you you got you were cocky in high school and I was and I was stubborn, so that's yes. where the problem was. Yes, uh, but yeah we we competed in uh, it was our senior year we were competing in livestock together, um, and they're going through the officials and um, the former judge of or uh coach for the livestock judging team at the university of Arizona I was reading them off. And he, he said there was only one person in the whole competition that scored a 50 on this class. I don't remember what class it was. And he said your name, uh, and you, you stood up and took a bow <laughs> and I <laughs> look, looking, <coughs> looking back on it, it's so funny, but oh my gosh, I hate myself so much. I, I gritted my teeth, man. I was like, "Gosh, dang it, that Cannon Brown." And then, the, uh, three years later, we were roommates, and that <laughs> was the, that was the first thing I said to you.
1: That was the first thing you said <laughs> to me. Oh my gosh, dude, I want to apologize.
0: No, dude, you you already apologized, and there's no. I know I have. I know, I have. I know I have. I need to apologize I was so stubborn cuz I never I never took the time to get to know you because I was I was I guess I was had a distasteful first impression and that was that was not right of me either.
1: Well, I appreciate that, but I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, I I shouldn't have stood up. I shouldn't have took a bow. What is this? It's Arizona FFA Spring Livestock Judging Contest. I think I'm hot shit, don't I? But you were good. Yeah, for Arizona. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay. You're uh, good. We, um, so I just I love that story because you're right. Three years later, we were roommates <laughs> and we had never met before. But I remember Kevin Rogers telling me, oh, by the way, uh, like right before I moved in, Kevin was like, hey, by the way, Colton really doesn't like you. <laughs> or like, or he said something like, "Yeah, Colton hated you in high school, by the way." And, oh uh, man, that
0: made me so nervous. You, yeah, that's the thing though is you, you can never tell when you're nervous. You have a good poker face.
1: I appreciate that. It's because um, I think it's just because I'm social. I just I'll I'll bullshit my way through anything.
0: Yeah, well, and because of that, you know, you and I became really good friends. Yeah. Two weeks later, we were. BFFs running around the town together. Yeah, and that's no joke. It it happened pretty quick. <laughs> it did. Uh,
1: two peas in a pod,
0: huh? Yeah.
1: Now, back to FFA. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were obviously a chapter officer. I was. Um, were you president?
0: Uh, I was. I was president uh, in my junior year of junior high school. Year. Yeah.
1: And then what was like the underlying factor because i know a lot of past aid officers they have a they either know that they want to do it from the time they're freshman in high school or there's a revelation that hits them at some point what was it for you
0: i had some i had some good advice uh in the, it's advice that i share with a lot of students now and that is you know don't use don't use chapter office as a uh, a touchstone just to get to state office, you know. Because I I had maybe shared uh, that with the with my advisor that I may want to run for state office at a very young age, uh, and you don't know at that point. You don't know what's going to happen in the next four years of high school and where you're going to be where you're going to go to school. So it was good advice. You know, you need to be a good chapter officer before you can become a, a state officer. And that was some of the best advice I ever got. So um, I got into about halfway through my senior year and I, uh, I just realized I wasn't done. You know, I wasn't done serving. Um, I had a, I had an ability to connect with, members in my chapter and I felt like I could take that you know, on the road with a with a team on the state level and you did yeah so after <laughs> uh, <laughs> after uh, I graduated uh, immediately went to SLC the year of 2014 and um, started interviews to become a state officer
1: how was that process
0: at the time? It was one of the hardest things I'd ever done. Um, because within our process, uh, in the state, you'd never know really where you stand throughout the whole process, which is, which is, you know, mentally draining. You go in and each interview, you try your, your hardest, you give it all your heart. And then at the end, they're like, okay, thank you. And, uh, you just never know where you stand. And then you are in a holding room with all the other candidates and um, they don't know either. And they all have different uh, perspectives on how their rounds went and everyone's talking about it. And you're just like, man, I don't know if I'm, I, I, you know, I spent half of the time throughout that whole process thinking I was cut. I almost knew for sure that I was cut from uh, the qualified candidates.
1: Why was that?
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's still something I, I still don't know. I went through the whole thing and I was like, man, this was good. I'm glad I tried, but I don't think I made it.
1: Hmm. That's a, why would you, why would you think that through the whole process?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's still something I, uh, I, I think back on. I'm like, man, I, if I was so certain about one thing during that time, it was I did not make it. Hmm. Yeah.
1: But you obviously still had the confidence to make it on the team. So, I mean, I guess you had a good poker face that day.
0: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I didn't because I knew, I mean, i had been preparing for this, so each round it was i was going to give it my all you know it it, it it didn't matter what i thought i was going to finish what i started
1: yeah that's a good way to think of it yeah how was the um how was the year of being a state officer
0: oh man uh, everyone always asks you know if you were to go back and do it again would you and i'd say absolutely it was uh it was amazing you loved it i loved it uh you know not only relationships i made through uh our state association and people i'm still in contact with but uh the students was was the best thing because you know you're on the road most of the year you get to meet people all the way from you know monument valley in northern arizona to douglas you know, and that is one end of the state to the other. Um, and you are making an impact on students' lives. You know, you're hoping you are, and you get those gratifying moments where, you know, something clicked, you know, something, um, got to them. Um, and still to this day, I get, I have some contact with some students that I knew back then who are, you know, graduating college now. And, they say, thank you. And that is, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, um, I mean, that had to just solidify your decision to pursue a career in teaching at, and high school at the high school level.
0: Oh yeah. And you know, uh, like any modern day college student, my decision of what I wanted to do changed, uh, maybe a couple times a semester in college. Um, But in the back of my mind, I think I knew that uh, teaching ag was going to be something that I was going to do for a little bit.
1: I think you were born for it. You're definitely built for it. (laughs) I mean, you're you're born to uh, be a facilitator of of different classroom activities.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, that's my favorite part.
1: Well, and you like? uh, I mean, you ran um, Arizona FFA state camp before so uh, you have a love of of giving back to the community and and the kids in arizona i mean you're i think you're doing a great job of building the future of the agriculture industry of arizona
0: well thank you man i uh and it that is that part of giving back and i know that that's it's kind of a a canned thing that uh a lot of people say but i truly mean it because i i I feel like I will never uh, give this organization the justice that it deserves because it it does so many good things for young people. Um, So that is why. I mean, that's part of the reason besides just an overall love. And like I said when I was running for state office, just the fact that I wasn't done yet. That's why I keep coming back. Yeah.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be where I am without Arizona FFA and FFA in general. Wouldn't be here. No, me neither. They're, uh, they're pretty incredible organizations.
0: Well, but- you look at the mere fact that you and I are talking to one another right now and uh, the connections that we both have, I mean, that's, that's due to our time in the FFA.
1: Exactly. You're 100% right. Now, uh, you're an ACT teacher now.
0: I'm currently, an ag teacher.
1: Tell me about that experience, and not just the two weeks that it's kind of been chaotic. But tell me about your experience <laughs> of actually becoming an ag teacher. You're in the real world. Have some students that look up to you and, and need to be taught the future.
0: Yeah. So, um, what's funny about this is when I uh, when I got this job, I I really wasn't looking for a job. I uh, when I left uh, Tucson. Uh, When I left college, I came back up to Cottonwood uh, because you and I both know uh, I was probably at my wits end with living in the city for a little while. You were. Um, So I came back up here, and I was working with my dad. I worked with my dad uh, doing some construction for about a year. Um, When I got a call from um, an old ag teacher uh, that I – knew from state office. Uh, and he also taught at Mingus for a year, Eric Stevens. Um, he was, he's the principal of the school I work at now and said, Hey, I have an opening. Uh, do you want to come interview? And I said, what I said was, Oh man, I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm busy at work. Like in my dad and I were swamped with work and I was like, I don't think I have time to to come down there. And he he said, what are you doing for lunch today? And this was about 9 in the morning. I said, well, my dad and I always go to a little spot in town. I said, you used to live here. you remember Hacienda? And he's like, yep, sure do. He said, I'll be there at 11. So he drove up from Mesa, came two hours north to Cottonwood, and interviewed me and offered me the job over lunch in Cottonwood. So, um, you know that also goes to show the connections you make from the FFA. Yeah, and I was so blown away by that because I didn't know who would do that, and I thought that's the kind of person that I wanna I wanna work for. Um, He believes in what they had going on at the high school, um, and. Uh, he had enough respect for his students and for me to come up here and interview me and gave me an offer i couldn't really refuse
1: now tell us a little bit about the high school that you work for because it's not a it's not just a traditional high school in Arizona where they have like every single class this is a this is kind of a special specialized agricultural school in mesa arizona
0: yeah so we we have six campuses around the state and um, our school is called AAEC which stands for Arizona Agribusiness and Equine Center. Um, So we have six campuses around the state of Arizona and I work as the ag teacher and FFA advisor at the Mesa campus which is the newest campus that we have. Um, And what is unique about our school Is the fact that we have partnerships with um, local community colleges so my school uh, is partnered with Mesa Community College and we send our students to them uh, to finish college credits um, enough to where if they work hard they can graduate high school with their associate's degree
1: yeah it's a it's a pretty incredible program. Um, I do. I wish the schools were like a little. I don't know. I I feel like they're not talked
0: about enough. Yeah, we 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 tend to fly under the radar to some yeah. people.
1: Like it seems from the outside looking in, it seems like the perfect idea for ag kids. But oh, yeah. on the inside, you're like, what? What's going on here?
0: Yeah. Um, and that's true. Uh, like I said, we fly under the radar. Um, you know, if you, if you know that you want to pursue a college degree and you're also involved in agriculture, it, it is the perfect fit for you, you know, cause we, you have such a leg up in, uh, college credits when you get out, because I mean, look at, we went to school. You and I went to college with a few people that uh, graduated from AAEC, and they are—they're well ahead when they get oh, there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they are well ahead.
1: There is a there is a definite benefit. I just wish they would be more uh, kind of out there and promoting what they do. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and maybe they yeah. do. Maybe I'm just not seeing it.
0: And that is because our campus, like I said, we're we're brand spanking new. We've only been there for. Uh, We've only been there for three years, which is, in the large scheme of a school, is not very long. And uh, our building that we're in right now, we've only been in for one full year. So, um, yeah, we're brand new. So we are finding a lot of different ways to recruit right now. Yeah, because our class my mi- our class sizes are are relatively small, which is great in my opinion from a teacher standpoint because you have a lot of one on one interaction with with your students, but we also would like to see more people benefiting from the programs that we have.
1: Yeah, I think that's every school. I think every school is trying to find kids that want to learn more about agriculture right now. Not right now, because kids aren't going to school, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. Right now is not the time.
1: (laughs) How how has that been? I know we talked on the phone a couple days ago about your experience with online.
0: (laughs) How, How is that going? Did you call parents? Uh, so we're in constant contact with our students. I, uh, you know you know me. I, I am not very uh, technologically advanced. Um, I'm well below my age in that category. <laughs> or uh, sorry, I guess above my age. I, I probably am more like a 50 year old when it comes to technology. but I uh, I'm learning and I'm figuring it out figuring it out as it goes on but uh we're in constant contact with our students we have mandatory office hours where we sit on a uh on a video chat and when students have questions they can log on Uh, we have our lesson plans posted um and updated weekly so they get on and they know what they're supposed to do and they have questions they have multiple ways to contact us incredible Yeah, so we're figuring out and we're trying our best to keep kids involved um, through this time.
1: I just think it's going to be hard, dude. I was telling you the other day, if if this happened when I was in high school, there is no way I would be doing anything. And kids that are listening, that are in high school right now, you better be doing your
0: work, okay? Yeah, I uh, and I I don't know. I don't think my students are listening. I hope that they're listening to your podcast. But if they're uh, if they are, they didn't hear me say I wouldn't have done it either. <laughs> I really wouldn't have. I because you know there's nothing there's nothing they can uh, we can't we can't hurt their grade in any way right now because we're not in you know traditional instruction. So yeah,
1: what's what's the incentive for people to do their work right now? To do the you know, homework.
0: and I have, I do, I have amazing students and they are, they are staying involved. And, uh, you know, that's also, I think we have driven students because they're trying to get college credit at the same time. So they don't want to fall behind. Yeah.
1: That's very true. Yeah. Well, to all those students out there that are still doing their homework during this quarantine, good for you.
0: Yeah. Your teachers are proud. Keep doing it. <laughs>
1: now (laughs) uh teaching is great you're gonna do it for 150 years um do you think you'll do you think you'll stick with it
0: yeah uh, i just
1: i know i mean this is this career choice people bounce back and forth quite a bit
0: yeah i here's my answer to that um if i if i don't teach forever, I will always be involved in something that is um educational, if yeah. that makes sense. Um there'll always be something uh, cause that's I think that's one of my biggest passions is you know, being able to see growth in people, in students and uh if I wasn't an ag teacher, um it would be something involved um with that, you know, Anything. And I don't know what that would be at this point. So obviously, I'm going to be teaching for a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I just defined it.
1: You you found your your perfect job. Congratulations. You're already doing it.
0: <laughs> I'm in it. I, I'm in it.
1: No, actually, I would think your ideal job is just a professional hunter.
0: Man, I uh, I... I my my students have asked me if I wasn't a teacher, what would I be, and that's my um, kind of sarcastic answer to them, but kind of not.
1: Yeah, no, it's a real it's it's a real dream that you can have.
0: Oh yeah, and it is it's there.
1: Let's talk about your experience with hunting. When All right. You, when did you start?
0: Oh man, I uh, I have one of those experiences where it was. Uh, My old man uh, has always been an avid hunter. And uh, I think ever since I could walk, it was, um, we were in the woods, man. I I was just talking to my dad this weekend and I shared with him, I was like, you know, one of my first ever memories, you know, cognitive memories in my life uh, we were, it was you and I in the woods. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty I, cool. It, it what is. is.
1: What's that memory? You mind sharing it with us?
0: Yeah. So we were, um, we were camping, uh, and it was the whole family and, uh, we were in this old school Airstream that was my grandfather's. Uh, and we were up in, uh, one of the units that we grew up in, uh, and it was uh, in September, so the elk were going crazy. And I just remember, you know, back then, so long ago, you just have snapshots. And yeah, I remember hearing Elk Bugle. I remember the old Airstream and just snapshots of things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: No, I, I think uh, those like early, early memories definitely define a person. If yeah. that's your first cognitive, cognitive men, memory, of course, hunting is one of your favorite things to do. Oh, it's, that just it, makes it, sense.
0: it is very important to, to me and my family.
1: How, uh, how often do you hunt yearly? Do you think?
0: Well, see, that's where it gets, that's where it gets difficult. You know, we live <laughs> in,
1: <laughs> cause what is hunting? I mean, is <laughs> it going out in the woods? Is it taking a gun? Is it,
0: uh, that's a good question. You know, we, uh, We spend a lot of time, you know, because a lot of people will say hunting, well, you're, that involves killing something. And man, that is probably the farthest thing I've learned, the farthest thing away I've learned about hunting in my life is uh, you spend way more time in the actual hunting than the killing part. Uh, We spend... I mean, I spend a lot of time out scouting, my family and I go out scouting, even if we don't have tags in the year, which most of the time we don't have tags, but, uh, we're out learning the country, uh, learning out, learning where the animals are, um, and just getting in there with them, getting, getting film, taking pictures. Um, I still think that's involved in hunting, you know, we're learning, um, for the benefit of maybe one day we do get that tag and we're there and we'll know what's going on. Um, and what's great is, you know, we have so many friends, family, friends that, uh, we have that hunt as well. If that, if they have a tag in the year, we're, we're game on, you know, we're, we're going for it. So usually every year we, if we don't have a tag, we know somebody with one and we're there. Yeah.
1: I mean that's almost the funnest thing to do is just go out, work the country, learn new trails, learn new spots, find little honey holes. Absolutely. That's a, I mean that's a good part of it.
0: Yeah. And the the honey holes are hard to come by, you know. So you got you got to go out there to find them.
1: Well, you got an excellent bull
0: uh this past year. We had a good year.
1: Let's uh let's give your social media a shout out, huh?
0: <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> sure.
1: Okay, give them out. What's your Insta? Uh,
0: my Instagram is C Elmer four hundred two. Uh, and don't don't be uh don't be convinced that I'm a great hunter from my Instagram. That's just all I ever post about. You're a good hunter, man. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, I I enjoy it. You enjoy it? Yeah. yeah it's sure. I love it.
1: It's a. I mean, it's a passion of yours. Okay. It do is. you do you want to give? Okay, Facebook, Colton Elmer. Uh, you you want to? Do you have a Twitter?
0: Yeah, but I don't. I don't understand the Twitter. Come on. I uh, I my Twitter is designated to baseball, so okay. all my well, not anymore. My, yeah, man, it's it's been hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, opening day just passed. It's um. It's, it's a bad been deal. Rough. It's it's a, it's bad
0: a real bad deal. I'm missing my D backs and Braves, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm missing I'm missing the old pitch and catch, that's for sure, bud. Yep. Um now I was gonna ask you something. Now oh do you, you have one do you have like a I wanna hear another cool hunting story? Do you have another cool hunting story?
0: <laughs> um yeah, so uh... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have, man, I have a Rolodex of these that could go on forever. Um, so, um, our good buddy, Sean, uh, it's been great having Sean around because, uh, he, he is relatively new to hunting, but man, let me tell you, that guy has learned the ropes pretty quick. Uh, and that's, I guess he got involved, you know, coming out with my family and, uh, if he's going to learn, uh, it's best to learn from the, the person, my brother and I learned from, and that's my dad. So, oh, yeah. uh, he's been out with us quite often and last December he had his first bull elk hunt. Um, um, and we took him out and on the second day he harvested his, his first bull elk. And let me tell you, uh, I get more nervous and more ner- like more nerve wracked when someone else is behind the behind the scope, and uh, I get more pumped up, man. I don't oh, yeah. know what it is when they Sean was able to put that bull put that bull down, and uh, it was it was an amazing experience, man, to see him harvest his first bull. Uh, those are those are the memories that stand out. And then right after that, the day after, I knew two of my other really good friends um, had the same bull elk tag and we went out and they got their first elk too. So that, uh, it's just experiences like that, man. And it's just like the teaching thing, you know, you, uh, seeing the gratification in their eyes and, um, see that they struggled, you know, they worked really hard and then it pays off. Um, and it's one and the same. So it was that was an awesome experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, just being out with your friends and and being able to—I mean, like I said before, you're a born teacher. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's what you're born to do is teach and educate. So if you have your friends that are interested and and you get to teach them, and I mean, I've seen how Sean has just taken to hunting, and he's—I mean, he is all about it. Oh yeah, and
0: he and he's like I said, man. He caught he caught on quick, and he is uh I mean there's these like you know these skills that come with it and that take a i mean a decade or more to to fine tune and man sean sean is sean's really good. good yeah, well, I mean
1: if he's not hunting, he's posting his instagram workouts on his stories, <laughs> so those are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And if you if you all are bummed that your gym is is shut down during this time, and you need to you need to exercise, and you don't know what to do, uh, follow uh, Sean Deacon on on Instagram. I don't I know what his you. ad is, but I don't either. I don't either. Maybe you can post it. I probably won't. <laughs> but
1: if you want to. Find... <laughs> but it's shown s-e-a-n so i'll give you that hint. yeah ladies he's pretty decent looking
0: and single as a pringle you betcha
1: <laughs> now um colton that's kind of all i had for you um i know in my outline i said at the end we can talk about anything
0: cool that you want to talk about anything cool man so let me ask you how In augusting gosh dang it you're don't don't be upset with me as the host here, but what what are you doing during this quarantine time? Give me your your quarantine day in review.
1: Oh, my day. Yeah. Okay, so d- depending on the day, if I, if I don't have work, um, if I don't have work, I wake up at about nine thirty. Um, get on my laptop. I check the old podcast statistics. Got to check it out, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to check my socials. I don't post anything. I'm awful at posting, but I like to check them. Yeah. And then uh, right now, I've just been working on some projects, some secretive projects that Mm -hmm. I can't really talk about. uh, Gotcha. Because we're recording right now. Yeah. Um, And I don't want these guys to know. Yeah. Because that would ruin the surprise. (laughs) But just working on some projects and then uh, I go to bed. If I have work, I wake up at five in the morning, go to work, and then get home. And then usually when I have work on those days, I call those my real quarantine days. Those are my lazy days. Because if I work quite a bit and then I get home and I'm like, let's just watch Netflix. Like I I just finished Tiger King. Oh, Um, (laughs) man. me and uh, my girlfriend, Faith, just finished that. <laughs> God damn. That I, uh, was wild. Did you watch it? Dude, I, my
0: brother and I are, uh, what is it, probably five, six episodes in? My gosh, dude.
1: That story I, uh, is, um, I keep, I've keep. finished it, I but I keep finding myself on Netflix, scrolling over to it again. And I've clicked to watch the first episode again. I, like... I can't get myself to finish it and fully commit, but I will watch it again another time. I I, guarantee you that.
0: And that's where I'm at with that because I started watching it. um, And I got, my brother and I got two episodes in and then we're like, we told our mom like, Hey, you, you have to watch this too. So we started it over and watched the first two episodes over again with her. Um, And then we got up to episode five or six, like I said, and then, Last night, I went over to a buddy's house, and uh, him and his fiance uh, wanted to watch it, so I watched the first three episodes over and
1: <laughs> so. Dude, um, I know the whole story is wild, uh, and like Carol Baskins and Joe Exotic and all that stuff, but like Travis, when he, oh, I know, like, what. I know. I was like, I was watching that. I think it's like episode four or something like that. And he's just messing around with a what did he say, a Ruger?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And dude, when you see like the blast, like the the flash of light, I don't want to give any spoilers. I don't know. Like, you should really watch Tiger King if you're old enough and allowed to. Yes. Um. That that was the part of the documentary where I was like, oh, this is real. Like, this is, like,
0: real, real. <laughs> I say that about every 30 seconds in the whole show. Is this real? Yeah. And it, it. what the scary part is, yes, it is It is real. 100% real. Yeah. I actually got a tip f- to watch it from you indirectly. What? Yeah. I was talking to, to our buddy Charlie. Oh, nice, because I told
1: Charlie to watch it.
0: Yeah, and he told me the uh, – that he gave you the uh or that you gave him the tip to watch it and oh. then he told me so yeah
1: well nice i'm glad i could uh i'm glad i could help out indirectly that's kind of cool how that worked out yeah now, well uh what what were you going to say sorry about that no go ahead well i thought you were conducting this interview
0: Man, uh <laughs> i <laughs> i I didn't know if we were at our closing thoughts yet, and if we're not, I don't wanna get there yet
1: no uh we can we can do closing thoughts. I'm good with it. We can cut this baby off if you're in
0: no, I want to hear what you had to say first oh,
1: well we were we were on the topic of what you if you wanted to talk about something cool or not. I thought you were oh, leading okay. this this version of the conversation here, yeah, wow, now I'm gonna to have to edit this all out yeah, I'm well, just joking,
0: I'm leaving it in you know it's this is one of those uh transparency moments right to your audience
1: you know what? it's important those moments, those are those moments are important and it's not because I'm too lazy to edit this out it's not <laughs> yeah. absolutely not don't you dare <laughs> don't you dare accuse me of being lazy of going through this and editing it It's about yeah. transparency, and I won't hear anything else about it
0: yeah good. Yeah. I mean that's the whole point is behind is, is like a behind the scenes and uh I, and I tell I tell my students the same thing. You know, I, I'm not a perfect teacher. I'll tell you that right now. And a lot of things go wrong in my uh, lectures. And I just say this is a transparent moment uh, right now. Um, and no, uh, that word does not mean to look like that in the PowerPoint. <laughs> I like how you just you take any mistake and you say
1: teaching moment. Look look alive. Teach,
0: teaching moment. look hey, alive. Look alive. Game, <laughs> game awareness.
1: Hey teaching moment moment i i did this because i wanted to i love you guys okay i want you yeah. guys to be the best that's why i misspelled great
0: great yeah <laughs> yeah i'm the cool i'm a I'm cool hip teacher that recognizes my mistakes and can relate to you
1: <laughs> that's disgusting
0: No, yeah, i know
1: huh? did you ever think about that like what kind of teacher you're gonna be
0: no, dude. That was the. That's the thing is I just kind of was thrown in the fire, and I, I uh, was like, okay, I'm running with this, and I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning. I'm. I mean, I'm not. I actually wouldn't say I'm on the other side of the fire yet.
1: Yeah. Not yeah. yet.
0: No. Not no, yet, that's all. when you got to become, you know, one of your ag teachers, like, yeah. you, you know, Dennis Bouchon, before you can say you're on the other side of the fire. You got to be like retired. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, at least d- double dipping at least three times yeah. in the retirement. Being uh, a substitute. Being a substitute. Yes. Being a, you're a private hired contract mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah. At, at that point in your 30 to 40 year career of teaching.
0: Yeah. You're and outside you sit- the fire. You sit on about a dozen different boards um, and committees.
1: Yeah, you're. I mean, you're too. You're all powerful. They you can't. They can't touch you with anything. Oh no! It's basically no. tenure for high school teachers.
0: It's that's exactly what it is. You've made yourself invincible.
1: Yeah. Is that what you're going to try to do?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, as an educator, that's where everyone.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right, 100%. Yeah. Um, Now, you asked me what my quarantine uh, schedule is. What's yours?
0: Oh, man. Uh, So, uh, I wake up. I uh, check my email right now because that's – if that wasn't important, which it is important on a regular day of school, it's very important right now. Uh, Then I – uh, we'll update anything on my uh, lesson plans that I need to update. Um, my brother and I will go for a run, uh, and then come home. Maybe play a little bit of uh, Call of Duty on uh, on the cell phone.
1: Oh, on the cell? Come on! I thought you were going to say Xbox, and then I was going to say, "Okay, let's play together." And then,
0: dude, I haven't uh, I haven't owned an Xbox since. The first Xbox came out.
1: Well, you need to buy a new one. Have you played
0: the online Call of Duty?
1: Yeah, Warzone. I a don't new, know what they, it's called. Well, they have a new game. Call of Duty has a new game called Warzone. It's very oh. good. Oh. Free for everybody. Yeah. It's like Fortnite, but like uh, you can't build stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, we've played that version a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. Uh, and then... Uh, I sit in my office hours waiting for students to uh, come to me for any questions uh, over video chat. And then uh, my brother and I work on, you know, uh, like what you said, some secret plans. Oh, interesting. Yep. And then uh, we work out in the afternoon and that's been the past two weeks. Good. Yeah. Good.
1: Now, do you want to tell us all of your secret plans or no?
0: No, okay, no. It okay, okay, won't okay. be a secret.
1: Okay. Well, I was just checking. Yeah. I know you said you explicitly said, "Hey, we're not going to talk about any of these secret plans here." Yeah. But I figured <laughs> might as well try.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a good good attempt. Didn't work. What about yours? You want you Okay,
1: tall. that's all the time we have <laughs> for the show with Cannon Brown. Thank you, Mr. Cole <laughs> <for> the- you. <laughs> no Colton hey I really appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, we I think we have a lot more to talk about Um. so next time we're like together we'll have to do a live episode
0: man and that was that was the one thing I wish that we were sitting uh, across from one another because I think you, you and I feed off of each other pretty well so we I wish I wish we were wish we were face to face man but I'm I'm glad that we we did this.
1: Well, you know what? We've got plenty of time. We do. That's all we
0: got right now. We really. got
1: plenty of time. I mean, we can't come face-to-face because hashtag quarantine, so don't you yeah. dare come close to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. But after this all blows over in like two years, we're going to be so good. In <laughs> two years? Yeah, after the, uh, after the martial law is declared and, and everything is... I mean we go into riots, uh what's that what's that movie called where they Oh the purge, the purge, the purge. is gonna happen. Oh, after that after that, then we can sit down and, and on my three hundred and thirtieth episode we'll sit down for a live one.
0: Is that is that what is that what uh that's when I'm coming back is three thirty? So be prepared. No, we got to have
1: you on earlier than
0: that. I'm (laughs) not going to speak that
1: into existence. (laughs) Oh, man. That's just in case of, like, if the apocalypse happens.
0: Well, if the purge happens, you and I will be seeing each other before that because I'm sure that we'll be in the. We'll we'll have to barricade somewhere with our closest friends or something.
1: 100%. If the purge or if the apocalypse or purge happens, know that I will be coming to Cottonwood.
0: Yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll set you up, man. Okay, sweet.
1: It's either Cottonwood or I have to go to Wyoming to to be with my buddy Tyler Clementson because I know he's got a good setup
0: too for me. Well, well, I mean, you got to swing up north anyway before you head up there. So, I mean, you're right.
1: (laughs) What was that? You got to you got to swing up north
0: before you head up north. (laughs) Before I mean, you got to swing. I mean, you You got to swing that loop up there and
1: find out what's up there before you come back down here and see what's happening down here. Yeah. Okay.
0: I, uh, so, <laughs> jeez, this is a mess, man. I, I hope you don't lose listeners after this.
1: Well, I mean, I probably will, but okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> okay,
0: but uh, in all in all seriousness, yeah. uh, there is something that I, I want to say to your um to your lesson, yeah, listeners, yeah, 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 especially it to uh, it. especially those who um, had ambitions uh, of showing in their county fair this year. Um, I do want to say that uh, it is not fair and I wish that there was something that can be done. And I know that your uh, fair associations are trying to figure out outlets for you to do. Um, But I don't want you all to be uh, discouraged from continuing your show career. Um, if you're a senior in high school um, and this was your last opportunity to enter the ring, um, if you are not done, don't be done. Uh, There are so many opportunities for you to stay involved with your FAIR, uh, with your local 4-H or FA organizations. Uh, They never, hardly ever shy away uh, from help. So if you want to stay involved, um, there are so many opportunities to stay involved. So if you're not done with the show, with your show career and helping, there's so many opportunities. And if you have many years left in showing, don't be discouraged because it's just one year. You have so many more years um, to enter the ring. So I, uh, I feel for you. I really do. But don't be discouraged.
1: Well, thank you for saying that, Colton. I think that's uh, a very important statement to say. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I just something needs to be said because I got two cousins right now that are um, in their senior year, and they uh, this was their last year to show at our fair, and it's uh, it's been hard to watch. Yeah,
1: and it's not over either. I mean, there's these virtual stock shows that are happening. So, um, oh yeah, I mean, if your county and uh, state or jackpot shows are going to that, participate. Don't don't be squeamish about it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There's people are people are figuring it out. Yeah.
1: All right, Colton. Well, thank you again. And like I said, we'll have you on before three thirty for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. This was fun. All right, I'll talk to you later. All
1: right, see you, bud. Bye. Nine time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Yo, 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 yo. Hope you guys like that one. Colton's a good guy. Lived with him for a year. He's he's one of my best guy friends. I think. What a what a guy, and he's he loves hunting. I hope he makes a career out of it someday because I think he'd be a, a heck of a career hunter. Um, we need to give him a we need to get him his own television show. What do you say, guys? I think so. I uh, hope you guys like that one again. He's an ag teacher. He's uh, he's kind of an all around guy, and I wanted to bring that out in the interview. And we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. I've got some great guests for you guys coming up. Um, keep the growth coming. I love it. Keep sharing with your family and friends and your grandma. Get me in your grandma's ear, okay? Don't worry about why. Don't worry about why I want to. Just get me in her ear. Let me talk to her, okay? Let me tell her something. Okay, I'm getting weird with the grandmas again. Okay, that's all I have for you guys this week. Again, I'm sorry for the delay of episodes. I'm, far, I'm sorry for the mix match. Mix match. Mix match. Mix match of episodes um but i will be more steady for you guys coming up here all right i promise i love you guys have a good day be safe stay safe one more i love you i love you bye